Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Good morning. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. As always, joined by Blake Tollison. And today we've got a special guest. It's Joel Nelson from Joel Nelson Outdoors and probably see him in lots of other places out there. Joel, how are we doing today? Doing great. Uh, I had nine degrees on the thermometer this morning. I was going to do this in the fish house, but um, yeah, the heater would have been roaring. I don't know if you'd have been hearing me, man. It's cold out. Ooh, yeah. You hear that, that drone. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's nice. I'm seeing a nice fishing Minnesota already. Lots of people putting little reports in on how they've got skim ice on all their little lakes right now. Um, but I think it's supposed to be like in the 60s this weekend in the metro. So uh, maybe those kind of things will start going away at least for a little while. But yeah, we're getting there. I mean, it's late October, or at least getting real close to late October. And, you know, that red lake season probably isn't too far away. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, that's usually the first one to go. It's it's interesting. That area is just, it's this big topographical depression and that cold air sinks into that deep valley and man alive. It just, uh, it seems to put on ice faster than just about anything, except for some of the North Dakota lakes, some of the Canadian places, obviously. But uh, I'm I'm hoping people in this little cold snap resist the urge to get out just past the bulrushes and, and snap a photo. And uh, because they... <laughs> It, like you said, it's going to be 60s and 70s this weekend in places throughout the ice belt. That's probably not advised. So yeah, but everybody's got to be the first one out there. You know, they got to <laughs> they got to be able to put that up on Facebook that they're out there ice fishing right now. Man, not with the wheelhouses. I take uh, comfort and solace in uh, community type interactions out on the ice that's with right. the wheelhouse. And that's what we're going to talk about today is uh, kind of going in some places that maybe. You don't have comfort and solace, and at least trying to, to get away from the crowd a little bit. Uh, you know, that when that Red Lake season starts, there's going to be roads that are plowed. There's going to be kind of a general um, kind of area where you're going to see traffic, and uh, that's going to be good, and it, it kind of gets people out where at least they can do some fishing. But there's a lot of lakes that simply don't have those roads or, or even, you know, maybe you just want to get off that road and go fish somewhere where someone hasn't done that yet. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so just because those things don't exist doesn't mean that you can't go fishing with your wheelhouse, but why would you want to do that? Let's answer that question first, Joel. Uh, why, why get off the beaten path? Why go somewhere where uh, someone hasn't gone before? You know, uh, over the years, Blake, I'm sure you can relate. You've got a camera down your, uh, your fishing, maybe you're on some crappies or some bluegills. And you hear a distant truck either drive onto the ice or come past you maybe too fast, but they're still at distance. And you hear that underneath the ice and you watch fish literally turn inside out and scram. And uh, that noise that whether it's generator noise, trucks coming and going into a wheelhouse community, it adds a certain element of pressure and uncomfortability to those fish. I've seen it way too many times uh to think that it's just coincidence anymore and so being on a different part of the lake where you can set up and you're probably not going to get disturbed with extra drilling you probably won't get as disturbed with people rolling in on you constantly um there can be some real benefits to that i, I think especially for walleyes and especially for shallower panfish those two species uh i can really just think of a lot of instances and times where 
Yeah, getting to a different part of the lake really helped out. Yeah, just getting out sense. there, kind of getting away the crowd. Uh, Blake, what, Blake, what do you got for Joel? So when you, obviously when you're going off the beaten path, there's different things you need to take into account. Um, you know, what are some of those things that you're taking into account when you're leaving that that road that's been plowed? Um, and then how do those things differ for you hauling a wheelhouse versus just maybe a you know a snowmobile or a four wheeler and a portable? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. It's a big question. I'll try to break it down as best I can. Yep. I, I, you know, when I got a wheelhouse, I literally had to relearn how to do this. Um, you get good on a wheeler, uh, you get good on a snowmobile, learning what you can get through and what you can't. Um, but a truck is a different story. And then a truck towing a wheelhouse is another story yet. So I think it's one of those things where you need to get comfortable with your rig, Um and that starts with basically pulling off the beaten path near show, uh, near the access, right? And just kind of freewheeling a little bit for practice, right? Seeing what your truck travels like with the snow conditions for that day. And it can change day by day. It can also change within the day. I've seen times where fresh snow falls and it's really loose on slick ice and you get zero traction. Later that same day, I don't know if the snow has had time to, I don't think melt, but maybe meld directly to the top of that ice. And you've got great traction later that same day. So uh, practice, practice, practice is really the start of it for me. Yeah, you got to do some practicing. The other thing that, that I've actually seen, and I'm sure you've seen it as well, is it's like one spot in the lake has that glare ice underneath the snow. And then you get out in another spot and it's great. I mean, you've got that kind of snow that's that's kind of, uh, bonded with with the ice and, yeah. and you got all kinds of traction um i think the other thing that that people need to look at it's something that i do and i'm sure you do too if i'm out cruising around and there's somewhere i want to go where there hasn't been you know you can, it's clear that there hasn't been house traffic is just going out and checking the ice too i'll just jump out and grab the auger and, and drill a few spots just to make sure there's a reason that there hasn't been houses there <laughs> no doubt about it. I, I fished near a reservoir system. I fished near areas that have springs. And I've seen some scary things over the last couple of years with spots opening up, um, you know, water deflecting, uh, you know, up against a break and then pushing up against the bottom of the ice and forming weak and thin spots. And sometimes you're right. There's a reason why other people aren't out there. So drilling ahead, knowing that there's good ice, consistent ice, right? consistent ice and has been for some time really makes it easier to freewheel across the open ice. And even when you're on places like Malax, Upper Red, um, where there's feet of ice at times, and you're really confident in the thickness of ice, you can always run into crazy snow banks, pressure ridges. Um, as a general rule, when I'm freewheeling, if my wheels are spinning, like if I'm really struggling to get to a to b i need to get out of that spot i mean i need to, to double back slowly a big slow turn around or hopefully i can read through the windshield what i'm seeing out in front of me um and think that there's better stuff to slow down on later i i get scared and spooked when i'm really churning hard and i'm barely getting through because when you stop with the wheelhouse in those conditions you're just kind of hung up a lot of times you're high centered a lot of times your wheels don't have any traction unless you're with a towing partner uh it's you're in for a long day <laughs> yeah it's i can could see how that could ruin your day so speaking yeah. of that i mean obviously there's got to be some different tools and stuff that you bring with you whenever you're out there 
Absolutely. What, yeah. guess, what I mean, do you carry with you? Uh, you know, first and foremost, um, you're thinking good scoop shovel um, and usually multiple scoop shovels. If you're with a crew, um, better to have two or three people digging than just one. Uh, toe strap, uh, not the kind with the metal clasp on the end, but a really good um, stretch straps are really nice because you kind of pull, it stretches out and then you stop and then it pops the other guy out forward. Those are really sweet. Um, I usually have a jack. Um got to have a bar with you. Sometimes I've been guilty about forgetting some of these things and then you pay for it later. So having kind of this kit uh, with all those things really does make a difference. I know some people carry grit with them out on the ice, kitty litter. Chris, we were talking beforehand and you definitely mentioned, yeah, that's something to have some traction on the ice. Um, I have chains with that, that I bring. I mean, they're a hundred dollar feature, maybe 120 bucks. And I don't want to be freewheeling across the open ice with chains because if they get loose, they can tear up the truck or whatever. But having them with to get out of tight spots, um, man, if you're going off trail, it's just it's always good to use that buddy system. But if you're not, if you're just freewheeling, you better have some kit with you to help get you out. Yeah, I've got that that kitty litter with me. I mean, it's it's dual purpose. I mean, it, it helps out with a lot of other things as well. You know, sometimes you got to break out the bucket, and having that just is a is a nice thing to have in there. You're saying you bring your cats out on the ice, is what you're saying? No, but I mean, oh, okay. people do the same thing that cats do. I got you. Litter and I understand now. Just, just helps, you know. You don't want to just go right into that bucket. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I don't know about you. I'm a little bit like Ricky Bobby. I want to go fast. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about speed and trying to use speed to to not end up in those those pickles and those predicaments i use speed um now i've learned the hard way right i have oh man i've been in trouble out there i thank you to the i it's got to be in the dozens now of people that have given me a free yank out of a jam uh come help push come help shovel but i've learned the hard way that i'm only going to use speed when i can see beyond the snow drift or the high spot that i'm trying to blow through and usually, if I'm trying to blow through something, it's got to be a ridge, not not a big, consistent piece of deep snow. You'll always see small areas where little ridges will blow up. And those things, if you take them head on um, and most of the rest of the area is soft, you're OK. The problem with speed is that if you try to take on too big a drift, you hang up or worse, that drift has hard packed ice underneath it, underneath it. So. A pair of sunglasses um, are, man, it's almost invaluable. You need to have the right light conditions to be able to read what's ahead of you. And just understand that um, you're taking a risk anytime you hit a drift because it could have big ice chunks. Heck, it could be a pressure ridge in some of these larger lakes. So the equipment we use is really expensive. And if you're not comfortable doing that, um, you can stick to the beaten path and be just fine. But I'm talking about a lot of smaller lakes where pressure ridges don't form. And uh, I see a small snow drift. That's when I'll use speed to attack it. Very good. So, you know, we've talked about vehicles quite a bit throughout this. Um, you know, how do you take into account things like four wheel drive? Like where, when do you use high? When do you use low? Yeah. Um, you know, most of the time four high in my vehicles, it's, it's been all you need. And then some, the four low, 
if I'm really trying to keep those wheels from spinning, um, I'll get in some kind of hardened or packed slush situations where it's nice to keep it in four low just to keep a real even smooth motion if it's inconsistent. Sometimes in four high, you know, it wants to get those wheels to spin if you hit the gas too hard. So four low can be beneficial for that, but I use four high a lot. If your truck has diff lock, differential lock, um, that can be really beneficial to keeping those rear wheels from spinning with the axle fully locked. Um, most of those settings are nice. Sometimes in modern vehicles, you're going to have the, you know, the non-slip or the anti-slip. Uh, I don't even know traction control. It's called in a lot of cars or trucks. I take that traction control off because I don't ever want to, as I'm heading into a snowdrift, have my truck electronically control my ability to react when I hit these snowbanks. So yeah, quite frequently I'll turn that off and just monitor that and make sure, make sure I'm good to go every time I'm, I'm, I'm in those kind of freewheeling situations. Yeah. And if you ever want to do a burnout in a country road, it's, you won't be able to do it with the yeah. traction control. So you know, you probably, know the deal. Right. Probably, probably something that you do often is to take No, that. I've never done that. <laughs> well, you're starting a few comments here. Dave asks uh, with the proverbial, we have ponds freezing already here. Dave, good morning. Thanks for watching. And uh, Ken Gergen actually brings up a really good point. Uh, we talked about why you would go off the beaten path and why you go out and explore. And it was to get away from people. And, Ken says, hey, the best way to get away from people is go fishing when other people aren't fishing. He likes to go during the week. I think that's another really good strategy that uh, keeps your truck out of snowbanks. I think I know Ken, and Ken's right on the money. Uh, when you're fishing midweek, that's obviously some of the best ways to stay away from people. And you also have to beware, when you cut a new path into somewhere, um, boy, you you might just be inviting a whole crew of people down your trail. So. I've seen some hijinks out there, man. I've seen people come, uh, they do a couple loop-de-loos or whatever and look like they're stranding themselves and then they drive out on the other end of it. And uh, yeah, sometimes a, a little bit of chicanery out on the open ice isn't a bad idea. <laughs> I love it when you have Joel Nelson on the show and he uses words like chicanery. I don't even know if that's the right usage of that word. I'm I just... think it is. I think you're <laughs> spot on with it. Uh, things get really bad out there. It's, it's really nice, uh, you know, to have somebody out there, you talked about going with a buddy, but there's just days where it's just hard to get out. So I think there's probably days where you kind of have to throw in the towel and just, you know, call that resort or try to get somebody out there to, to help you out and, and plow a spot. And I know there, there's a ton of people that, especially up north, that have their own their own uh, plow in the truck. Absolutely. Yeah. If you have a plow in the truck, you're you're really living, living large. And you know, quite often, if you're going up to the big places like Malax, I know I call Tony Roach all the time and say, hey, Tony, what are ice conditions like? Can you plow me a spot out there? You kick these guys some bucks and you get a little bit more than just a spot plowed out for you. You usually get a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of understanding what the ice conditions are like. Some, yeah, maybe some basic tips about the bite, but you're always going to get that key information that keeps you maybe from being stranded out there, having the right kit with you to prepare it's just one of those things where going into it eyes wide open is really the name of the game. And I have many times on the shores of Lake X gone and bought name your product to make sure that for that day, I needed a little extra of this. I needed extra gas. Maybe I needed that breaker bar that I forgot in case it was slushy. And I was worried my, you know, my wheelhouse might freeze in. Um, all those things are really nice to have. And if you don't have them, it's better to buy them on shore and hit the open ice with them 
than hopefully unhooking your Yeti or whatever and driving back to come back to it. So I've done that before too. That's happened. I don't believe that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Blake, you have anything else for Joel before we let him go for the day? I don't think so. Joel, I always ask you this question. Is there anything we didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, when it comes to freewheeling on the open ice, I'll just say it's nice to have some friends out there, but it's also good to be a friend. So if you see somebody else struggling, um, maybe you haven't set up the fish yet, it's not going to hurt you to go over and give them a hand. At least ask. Man, have I been lucky in, in having people. I've been on upper red at the back end of a back end road. And uh, last guy is leaving town and he just stops in real quick and says, hey, you need any help here? You good to go? And sometimes I've been the guy that's needed that help. So if you can go and do that for somebody else, I just think it maybe that's what they're trying to get at with grumpy old men. I, I don't know. That sense of camaraderie out on the ice. It's a really neat thing. And uh, yeah, go out and help out your fellow angler if you can. Really good stuff from Joel Nelson. You can find out more about Joel at joelnelsonoutdoors.com. He also has a Facebook page. It's uh, Joel Nelson. That's So there's a Joel Nelson, like a personal guy page, and then there's a Joel Nelson kind of like featured artist, and that, that's where you want to go to get all the good stuff. I can't keep up. I, uh, <laughs> Facebook wants me to have a personal page. So this year I relented, but every, everything's on my business page, Joel Nelson Outdoors, and then on Instagram at Joel Nelson Outdoors as well. Very good. Thanks to everybody for listening, for watching. We will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.